afternoon and welcome to another episode of Sports Social with Ed Easton. We are live once again here on Soundcast FM from Brooklyn, New York. And a much better day than it was yesterday. It's beautiful. Looks like the sun is out. Really enjoying it. Like this is actually feels like a real opening day for all the baseball fans out there. It will be for a lot of teams that were rained out yesterday. One of those main teams were the New York Yankees who officially get their season, I don't want to say kicked off because that's more of a football thing, but they officially get their caps on because that is the, the hashtag for opening day this year. They officially start against the Houston Astros. It's about to be, I think it's about to be underway. They're still warming up right now. It'll be the Yankees and Astros. Uh, I'll give some updates during the game, and that is a 1 o'clock start at the stadium in the Bronx. We also have Boston and Cleveland as the other game that uh, will we'll also be starting at 1 o'clock. So it's going to be a, a couple of 1 o'clock games. Then you got the Mets are going to be playing KC at around 4.15 for all those Mets fans out there. Uh, especially, I'm, I'm really speaking local here in terms of people here in the New York City area. Those are going to be two games to look out for. Uh, Dallas Kyoko versus uh, Masahiro Tanaka. That'll be the big game. This is from their, their wild card. It's like a wild card rematch. Yankees obviously lost that game, and the Astros went on to play the next round in last season's playoffs. So, obviously, there's still baseball talk. It's still opening day. We're still figuring things out in regards to that. But we still have so much more to talk about. And you know what? It would have been really easy to just start off the show and admit the fact that, you know, my team... And when I say my team, my, my college basketball team, the North Carolina Tar Heels, took an L last night. But you know what? They took an L. I'm not going to harp on it too much. Because at the end of the day, it was still it was still one of those games where that I feel like I feel like North Carolina had it. I mean, they... And I'm not talking about the last the last couple of minutes. The last couple of minutes were epic. Especially the final minute with the huge shot from Marcus Page just to tie it up. You're also talking about the the, the, the different defensive switches and and it just all the different changes that were happening. A lot of big shots were being being made by a variety of people. Uh, one of the things like um, you know, Barry had a huge first half for the for the Tar Heels. The biggest shock I felt like was the way they started the second half. Uh, Villanova really came out and uh, and re- really went after it. And I felt like North Carolina couldn't really recover. And that huge three by Page, which was a desperation shot, he hit a couple of huge shots, kept the minute, tied the game up with four seconds to go. And well, I say a good majority of you know the rest of what happened. Definitely a instant classic. Congratulations to the Villanova Wildcats. They definitely deserve the title. You don't have to keep hearing about 1985 anymore. You keep hearing about 2016. A lot of things were uh, were put to rest. It also brought back, I should say, after that game. We finally found peace for the crying flute girl from last year. She was the Villanova, you know, band. She was in the Villanova band and she was crying as they lost last season. This year, even though they didn't show her, I'm pretty sure she's going to be a lot happy playing her flute. That was a huge um, meme and gif 
after last year's tournament. This year, and it seems like every situation, regardless of your, you know, the sport or or any type of affiliations, Michael Jordan, the Jordan face, was heavily present on all of social media, on all the current North Carolina players, Roy Williams, anything related to North Carolina. They got the sad Jordan face. And what made it even more interesting, Michael Jordan was at the game. Jordan was at the game. So you know they were getting photos of him. Just enough time for those people. And I really want to know, who are the sick people that sit at home and say, okay, I'm going to have my Photoshop open and have a Jordan face ready to put on and post on the internet? It's like the game didn't even end yet, and I saw Jordan faces like now loading. I always, I'm, I'm just curious. I don't know if Jordan's ever been addressed, like they've ever talked to him about it. But uh, it's it's become the biggest running gag on the internet. That now, I think the Mr. Crab, the Mr. Crab memes now are, are becoming a big thing. So it's it's one of those, uh, you know, a lot of people were ready for it. North Carolina wasn't number one seed, they took a loss. Marcus Page, I feel like, really proved to a lot of people that he is a draft pick in the NBA this um, upcoming draft. I know a lot of people disagree with me, but I feel like this this postseason tournament run really opened a lot more eyes to see what this guy could do, that he is clutch. Now, for the Villanova side of the ball, Jay Wright, man, I, I gotta give it, you got hats off to him. The guy did a great job getting his team ready, getting his team prepared. They didn't get rattled by the three made by Page. Called the timeout, made a plan, and they got down the floor so quickly and got a great shot. I mean, Chris Jenkins was, was ready. And what more can you really ask for? I mean, the guy was ready, called for the ball, had a good look at it, put it up, and that was it. That was all she wrote. Now, a lot has to be said about Carolina's defense. I feel like they should have done a better job of stopping the ball because they got down the floor in a hurry. They had to go the length of the floor in four seconds, and they got down there in a hurry. That bothers me a little bit. It does. But what can you do? Just not a good situation for any type of um, fan. Any type of North Carolina fan. It's just, it's a rough night. You lose on a game winner, national title game. Gotta take it on the chin. They'll be back. Villanova, a team without an all-star, a team didn't have a main guy, and and you know from yesterday's episode with Brian Brian and he uh, broke it down. He said Villanova is not a team of of superstar players. It's just a team. It's kind of like that that San Antonio Spurs concept, where it's not just that one guy. It was everybody. Everybody came to play. And that's, that's, like I said, that is, you can't ask for anything else. It's about as good as it gets. 
I think about what really happens in regards to um, just people, you know, having their their thoughts, their their breaks, their breakdowns of the game. Because I try to analyze as much as possible before I came in here, just to see where North Carolina lost it. And I am gonna say it is the beginning of that quarter. Um, you know, Joel Berry just disappeared in the second half. Totally different player in the second half. And it's rough. I think that's really rough for a guy that, you know, had a great first half that North Carolina really capitalized off of his energy. It just wasn't there. It just was not there at all for the for what he was trying to do in the second half, trying to get the team motivated, trying to get any type of momentum. It, it just wasn't there. But hey, what can you do? Also in the show, a little later on in the second hour, we're going to have Sue Favor. She is a writer for pretty much everything women's basketball, from college basketball to the WNBA. We actually have a lot to talk about in regards to the WNBA. She wrote a, a great piece on Slam Online. That's for uh, Slam Magazine. And uh, I definitely want to discuss with her the possible rule changes that they're saying with the whole basket height and how they want to lower the basket in order to get more more dunks and they want more excitement I guess in the WNBA allegedly and it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see some players have uh, shown their displeasure with that I know that uh, Diana Tarazi was he, she had mentioned about you might as well have us playing in skirts she thought it was very demeaning and uh I think there was a video out there with uh, Candace Parker who actually dunked the basketball on a regular regulated size rim and she was she didn't understand why so there's gonna be some pushback so I'm really interested to see what uh, Sue feels uh, regarding that and uh, we'll also go through some of the possible draft picks for the upcoming draft everybody knows the WNBA draft takes place right after the uh, national title game in um, women's college basketball so we're gonna break that down and uh, see what's going on with that and as always, we're going to take your phone calls, 516-900-2278. Let's just take, once again, um, at Edison Jr. is the Twitter, as well as the Instagram if you decide to follow me. I barely post on Instagram. I've been getting uh, a little flack for that, for not posting a lot on Instagram, but a lot of times I just don't really care that much. I, I just, I don't know. I, I'm not going to, I'm not one of those people that have to post every five seconds what I'm doing and... I just like to enjoy the moment. And if I do take photos, it's for myself, for family members, that type of thing. I don't need the world knowing my every movement. You know, I'm not a Kardashian. I don't I don't need to do that. So Twitter, I do tweet a lot, just going what's going on in sports or just anything random that I see that's worth talking about. You definitely hit me up there. And as always, at the end of the NCAA tournament on CBS or TBS or any other channel you're watching, because they had a different team streams brought to you by Bleacher Report at the time, they always give you the one shining moment. And of course, the one shining moment performed by the legendary and late Luther Vandross. We're actually going to get into that. 
just because it's it's good every year. It's always a mixture of the highlights from the uh, tournament as well as Luther Vandross singing. So let's get into that one shining moment from March Madness of this year. We'll be right back. This is Sports Social here on Soundcast FM. Welcome to the big dance. This tournament is so much fun. First highlight breaks play for each other. There's nothing like this special time right here. The ball is tipped, and there you are. You're running for your life. You're a shooting star, and all the years, no one knows just how hard you worked. But now it's Time is short, and the road is long, and the blinking of an eye, that moment's gone, and when it's done, when or lose, you always need your best, cause inside you
world You brought me fame and fortune and everything that goes with it I thank you all But it's been no bed of roses No pleasure cruise I consider it a challenge before the Social here on Soundcast FM. You know, I would like for me on a personal would have said, "Man, we are the champions." I had that all queued up for North Carolina, but it was not to be the case as they uh, came up short against Villanova. Once again, congratulations to Villanova. Just a great team effort, a total team effort, and uh, like I said, it was so much fun watching the end of that game. Regardless if you were a North Carolina fan, if you were a Villanova fan, they gave you, it was such a thrilling action, I mean, from both ends. And this is, goes back to what I was saying, I was trying to stress yesterday about college basketball. You can't, am I, I found it to be so ridiculous if you say you're just an NBA fan, but you, you don't realize these players, most of them, I'm not gonna say all, most of them come from college basketball. You know, we knew about Steph Curry and Davidson. He was a beast in Davidson. I mean, a lot of people, team, you know, act like he just appeared two years ago. So it's, it's always funny to me. You got all these great young players. And I feel like they need to get that appreciation at times. I mean, this is a great league. Well, not great league. Uh... Just a great setup that they have in March Madness every single year. It never disappoints. And this year was a lot of fun. Um, it's going to be one of those things where I feel like when you look at games the way it was, you also got to put in perspective like a guy like Marcus Page, Bryce Johnson, seniors. You don't see many seniors. That's something that we would like to see a lot more of in, in college basketball. Me personally, I think you need more guys to stay in school. It can't be always one and done. It just never works. You have to have you have to have an education, and especially with the the uncertainty and making an NBA roster, I do I do think the D League is a great tool that is being utilized a lot more by teams in the NBA that it is the official minor leagues of the NBA. 
But man, I would love to see more players like this that stick around, give you more memories like this. And like I was talking about Marcus Page, just to give you an idea of how great that shot and that ending was, I'm gonna let you listen to a little bit of what was actually going on because it was insane. Just for North Carolina, and let me just set the set the scene for you. 74-71 Villanova. About 13 seconds left to go in the game. North Carolina has to go to length of the floor, and they gotta obviously gotta get a shot up quickly. So this was their uh, this is what they came up with out of the uh, timeout, and uh, it was like I said, it was something very very amazing. If you if you've seen the shot and the double pump, but uh, you gotta listen to the call. It's Barry, who had the hot hand from three in the first half. They're going to have to do something from the outside now. It's Page off balance. Puts it oh! How did he do that? Ties the game with 4.7 seconds to go. How about that kid? <laughs> they beat him up for the season with his inability to make threes. He kept his composure. This time, the little guy with some major onions to tie this thing up. Incredible. Got away from Ochefu, then had to adjust with Archie Diakono coming after him. How special is this kid? Great student, great kid to talk to. Leadership qualities, qualities above the norm. And lifting his team with a chance now with four to go. Villanova's got to get a quick push. To get it up the floor, I would say, look at, look at the kid there. <laughs> and that was the uh, big shot right there by Marcus Page. Uh, you got to love Bill Raffery. He gives you onions. Onions is what he calls it. Bill Raffery, as always, on the call. And <laughs> just the excitement. Jim Nance screaming, you know. And little did they know what was going to happen next. Because I'm watching the game, and like I said, I'm just giving you the play-by-play -play of what I was looking at. I'm saying, man, North Carolina's going to win this game. We go to overtime, North Carolina's winning this game. They're a better team, I feel like, and that's all the momentum in the world. The guy makes a double-pump shot off-balance from three-point land to tie it up with four seconds to go. North Carolina has this in the bag. Overtime, we got them. That was the mindset. Oh, boy, was I wrong. They took a timeout. Villanova had a chance to set up a play, like I said, like with Jay Wright. And did they ever set up a play? I mean, let's just say it was the perfect play at the per most perfect time for Villanova. And uh, let's just say Chris Jenkins will forever be a legend in college basketball. They go length of the court with Archie Diakono. Three seconds at midcourt. Jenkins gives it to Jenkins for the championship. Yes! The national champions with Jenkins hitting the winner at the buzzer. Jim, they're going to check it. I thought it was good live, but how about those onions? A counter. Double order. Sauteed if it's good. Well, they're going to check the clock. 
if there's any time, and boy, they've got a problem on their hands if they do, because the streamers, the confetti, they would have to clear it. Watch this. And the recognition of Arch finding Jenkins. Miscommunication it's by out, North Carolina. It's out. It's, 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 it's good. all the way. How about that? The wow. officials on the far side have already walked away now after seeing it. A national championship buzzer beater for the title. How good is that? Big smooth. Uh, Big oh, smooth. I won't call him chubby anymore. No. <laughs> what a set play, though. Arch pushes, caves the defense. The slap back pass. His range is incredible. His range, his range is unlimited. Unbelievable shot right there. Uh, Chris Jenkins, once again, is going to go down in history. I mean, this... This is what this is the type of stuff that makes you a legend. And he is now officially a legend in college basketball. Just an incredible, incredible shot. I like I said, you know, all the pressure on there and once again Bill Raffrey just yelling onions, onions the whole time. It's uh it's it's just it's great. It's great stuff. Now, they had to obviously do some uh do some interviews with the great Craig Sager and uh Chris Jenkins got a chance to talk to him. And this is what he had to say. Well, when you talk about one shiny moment, Chris Jenkins just provided one here tonight. Oh my gosh, the celebration. I've never seen one player so excited in my life as you. Man, I'm just so, so blessed to, to be a part of this great university, a part of this great team. And, and Ryan Archidiakono found me right in stride. And I won two step and it was going up. Only 4.7 seconds left when you guys took the ball out of bounds. What play was described, and how did it evolve? I mean, we just went out press offense, and, and Ryan Archidiakono caught the ball and drove it up the court, and I was able to get in his vision, and he fouled me. And, man, we just trying to be legendary. You definitely are. You guys have been playing your best basketball down this stretch. You are number one in early February. What did it take to get back to the top ranking in the national championship? Just hard work and dedication, you know. A lot of teams and a lot of programs don't really respect, you know, our body of work because we haven't gone far in the tournament. But, you know, this is a great step in the right direction. You hugged about a thousand people after that shot, including your mother. What'd you say to mom? I said, what can they say now? You know, they, they've always doubted me in my life. You know, somebody had the nerve to tell my mom when I was younger that all I would be when I grow up was a fat offensive lineman. Well, that fat offensive lineman is a national champion in college. You sure are, and you'll go down in lore. Thank you very much. Thank you. Now that's great. That fat offensive lineman just hit the biggest shot in college basketball this year. And, hey, you can never, ever should doubt somebody. And it was just great. I mean, what what more could you ask for? That was just a it was a, it was a beautiful shot. Chris Jenkins, great story. You talk about a guy who is uh, constantly being said he's overweight. And now he makes the biggest shot of the year. So, uh like I said, just a great, great story all the way around. And uh, they also, the guy that set him up, uh, Ryan Arakido, and, uh, you know, another one of those players that not a marquee name made the play. The guy found him. He rushed the ball up the court, and he found him open. And he also got to speak with the great Craig Sager. I love it. I'm going to this program back for me. I'll never forget that, ever. Well, congratulations, Captain. <laughs> 144 games at Villanova, a record for the school, none bigger than this. How did you find Jenkins open in that um, final winning We, we work on end-of-game situations every single day in practice, and 
Marcus had an unbelievable shot. So much credit goes to them in North Carolina, but we work on that play in practice every single day. I was thinking shot, but Chris was trailing, and uh, that's just what we do. You made so many unbelievable plays on the defensive end. Also, your three-point shooting to keep this team alive throughout this entire tournament. Uh, What's it like to make an assist for the shining moment? Uh, it's just unbelievable. I mean, we play for the ones who came before us, and we're just a complete team. We may not have the best players, but we, we play together. We stick, uh, stick together, and we play tough, and we play hard. And um, just Chris made an unbelievable shot. Throughout this tournament, coaches kind of held you guys secluded, wanted you to focus, wanted to get as much practice time here on this court in this massive surrounding. How much did that help? I, th I think it helped. We got three good practices in before the Oklahoma game, and then uh, we felt good shooting on this floor, and um, we just defended, we rebounded, and we just executed. That's what we did. What a way to end a fabulous career. Thank Congratulations. you. Appreciate it so much. Thank you. Insane. Uh, like I said, another senior. We were just talking seniors earlier, and he just made another senior made a huge play. And that's really what it's all about. Another senior making plays, making it, giving his team a chance to win. Amazing. It's quite simply amazing. And congratulations once again to Villanova for, for doing what great teams are supposed to do. Pick up big wins like that. So uh, just great stuff. You know, when I'm looking at like the different videos and, and everything and and all the different breakdowns and when you talk about the NBA draft I know Ben Simmons is probably gonna go number one maybe number two I was kind of hoping they would take a little bit more of a look at these senior players the Perry Ellis's of the world and just see this you know Buddy Heald these guys played the four years and, and you see how far their teams have gotten a lot of these teams are led by seniors I think that should really be uh, put in perspective when you talk about who's the, the, you know, in terms of the top draft picks. I, I want winners. Yes, you have talented players, but I want guys that want to win. And to me, that's a bigger accomplishment if you got a player that wants to win, that wants to take that big shot, that wants to take that big opportunity when it's there. No, that's just my opinion. People may think differently, but hey. You're going to always get the Ben Simmons of the world. They're never going to go away. That's just the way it is. And with that being said, speaking of never giving up, we're going to play this song and step aside for a break. The number is 516-900-2278. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton. We'll be right back.
Man, we're back. Sports Social with Ed Easton. How about a little Rick Astley? You know, remember when people used to get Rick rolled? I don't know if that still happens on uh, YouTube or the internet anymore. That was like a big thing a couple of years ago. Everybody was getting Rick rolled and they'll play that song instead of getting some other link. But uh, yeah, you know, I like to switch it up, play some songs you probably have, haven't heard in a long time or even thought you would ever hear on a show like this. But hey, that's what it's all about. 516-900-2278. Got a couple of things that are going on in sports right now. Obviously, the biggest talk was the Hall of Fame. You got Allen Iverson in there, Tom Enzo. Uh, saw Cheryl Swoops made it, finally. About time. We also got, you know, Shaq. It's, it's, a, it's a good class. Really, I'm really proud of the class they have this year. And just looking at the different things, I saw Michael Jordan actually came out because they were at the game last night, the national title game, the, the new uh, Basketball Hall of Famers. Saw Michael Jordan actually get on the uh, bus and congratulate Allen Iverson personally. Now, everybody remembers what happened back in 96, Allen, Allen Iverson's rookie year. When he almost broke um, Jordan's ankles trying to guard him. Kind of goes back to that whole Drake line. You know, you, you love MJ, but you got to AI him for your survival. It was a great move. Everybody's going to remember that. It's always going to be one of those big connections when they say Jordan and uh, Allen Iverson. It kind of put Allen Iverson on such a huge marquee map to uh, just go at one of the greatest, probably the greatest of all time in the fashion that he did. And once again, that further proves my point that I was making yesterday about Allen Iverson deserving Hall of Fame nod right away. You forget about all the other off-the-court issues or whatever. He deserved it. Yeah, he deserved it fully. No, there's no other way of describing it. It's uh, it's one of those things. Now you look at the NBA today, and you see the next, the next big players. Obviously, Kobe Bryant's in his final five games, I believe. This is his uh tour, his farewell tour. It's gonna be an emotional night that final game. I, it's gonna be tough. Because I was never a big Lakers fan. I know my dad is, but uh, I'm not. I I was a huge. I'm still a huge Yankees fan. And to see Derek Jeter walk away was rough. I mean, Derek Jeter retiring just felt like your childhood ended. Felt weird. But you understood it was. It was a part of the, it's a part of the game. It's part of life. You know, you got to move on. Guys like that are not going to last forever. Kobe Bryant, obviously, we don't know what he's going to do after this. Uh, I talked earlier in the, uh, in the show, I think in the first episode, I, I talked about Peyton Manning and what he could possibly do and how he's such a great football mind. He could be coach. He could be an analyst. He's, he's so much options he can do there. When it comes to a guy like Kobe Bryant, will his arrogance be a great thing or a bad thing if he was like, let's say, an analyst? Because you almost saw like Shaq becoming an analyst right away. He fit in with that Charles Barkley, Kenny Smith mold. It's almost seamless. Now, for a guy like Kobe, I don't know. That's going to be a tough one. Kobe's as good as he gets as a player but seeing him maybe as an executive like Jordan Jordan took a while a lot of misses do I have to bring up Kwame Brown 
things like that. It's very, very interesting stuff. It's uh, it's gonna be an interesting rest of the regular season. You're talking about the uh, Spurs and the Warriors. You know, will the Spurs play all their stars against the Warriors? Will the Warriors figure out a way to finish the season strong? Honestly, I say forget about the record. If you're Steve Kerr, I know they want the record, but forget about it. That loss against Boston did hurt. I would be more concerned about saving my players because if you're the if you're the Warriors, you don't even want to. You would horror at the thought of the always possible rolled ankle from Steph Curry, who has been known to have surgery on his ankles back in the day. That's why he had a bit of a slow start to this amazing MVP career he's having. A bad move, and like let's say he did roll his ankle, the Warriors are in a lot of trouble. I mean, you can count on Klay Thompson, but Klay Thompson is one of those players. I don't think if the, all the focus is on him, he's going to be as effective. I think having Steph Curry with him makes it a lot easier for, for Klay Thompson to just go off. So that's a, that's a big deal. You don't want to run into that risk of like Steph Curry getting injured. Every team's going to throw their best at you, especially if there's a team that has nothing to play for. There's a lot of players playing for a contract, a chance to stay on that team or move on to another team. So they're gonna go. They're gonna bring their best games, regardless. Still, teams fighting for playoff spots. I, I just don't feel like it's worth the risk. Now, some people may disagree with me on that, and that's fine. But it's just not worth that huge immediate risk of losing one of the losing your everything, basically. Steph Curry is changes the entire complex the complexity of the, the entire lineup. I mean, let's 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 think about this for a second. You start you're gonna have to start a guy like Sean Livingston or Leandro Barbosa. You have to change your rotations around. You have to your whole game plan becomes a lot different. Just get healthy. That's to me, that's the number one plan. The Spurs known this for years. That's why they'll sit Tim Duncan no matter what. They don't care about records, they only have 12 losses. And they sit their players like a good portion of the season. It's interesting, you know. You see and you hear the con the controversy. Everybody's like, "What are they thinking about? What's wrong with um? What's you know? What's the big issue with with not having these players play every game?" And I get. The viewers and people going to see games, they want to see Tim Duncan, they want to see Tony Parker in the lineup. But if you're Greg Popovich, they pay you to win games. That's your number one priority, win games. It's it's gonna be interesting because you want to see you want to see them do well. You want to see the the whole problem circumstances and all that but it's it's gonna be tough now a lot of people had a big issue with Scottie Pippen making some comments 
And I remember we had a guy that was a, a, I think he called about a couple of weeks ago about being a big Chicago Bulls fan, how the Bulls would sweep the Warriors. Well, guess what? You got Scottie Pippen on your side because he said that he would shut down Steph Curry and leave him under 20 points. I mean, I have no problem with Pippen saying that. But let's be honest. The Warriors are not, a, they're not pushovers. I understand they play in a different era, it's not as physical, but they're not pushovers by any means. And having Jordan on Klay Thompson, I don't know. Think about how they're gonna do this and what's gonna be, what's gonna really come of this whole like story. Will they win 72 games? Will they win 73 games? Will they just come short of both? I, I don't know, but I say rest your players. Find out what's on that bench because I think San Antonio knows very well what they have on their bench and why I still pick them over Golden State in a series. And if you disagree with me, that's fine also. Call me up, 516-900-2278. We'll discuss it. But it's uh, it's always going to be very interesting to hear people's thoughts on it and why they feel so strongly about it. I'm more strongly about what they're going to do with this MVP race. Is it automatically Steph Curry's? Can we just put that in the, in the rear view now? Is it automatically Steph Curry's award? It's it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun these next couple of weeks, especially going into playoff time. We're definitely going to do a playoff special for the NBA playoffs, so look forward to that here on Sports Social. I'll have a nice little guest panel in regards to that. It's, I, I don't know. It's going to be tough. I, I do want to pick the, I have the Spurs winning it all. And it's just me early, giving my early indication right now. But it, things could change. Do want to make a quick note in regards to the locals here in the New York City area. The Brooklyn Nets pick, if anybody's worried about traffic, that's going to Boston. If you're worried about Knicks pick, that's going, I believe, to Toronto because of the Andrea Bagnani deal. And the Nets losing their picks to Boston because of that. That infamous... Run for a title trying to trade for old Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. Great job, Nets fans. Great job, Nets organization in regards to that. But I should say that's the old GM's fault. New GM, I think, has got a plan together. The Knicks look like they're going to have to shut down the Carmelo Anthony. He pretty much is asking to be shut down for the rest of the year. Porzingis as well. There's no point. You want to find out what you got in Clay Anthony early, what you have in uh, at Derek Williams and a couple of these other players, especially Jerry and Grant. You want to know what you got in that guy. So it makes no sense to have your your star players still out there if there's nothing to play for, especially a guy like Melo, who's more focused on the Olympic team, and he's made it very known that he wants to get ready for the Olympics this season. He wants to know what it feels like to win again. You tell him, Mello. You want to know what it feels like to win. Nobody else. 
Don't get me wrong, I'm a huge Carmelo Anthony fan. I still feel like he's one of the top players. Just needs. I think no coach has figured out how to play, how to play him. And the funny thing is, him and LeBron together would actually be perfect because I think LeBron would would rather defer in a scoring situation. When Carmelo, you know, wants to shoot that basketball. So of course that rumor is going to be out there if Cleveland does collapse in the playoffs. I mean, Cleveland, when you look at that team, the first thing you think about is, can they get past? Can they get past a like a, a, a player such as, um, well, a team such as Toronto? Miami seems to have their number as well. That's something you have to keep in you have to keep in mind. Miami has a number. Hmm. I'm actually thinking about what if this really happens, this whole Dwayne Wade leaving, because he only has a one year deal. He can go anywhere he wants after this year. Doesn't necessarily have to stay with Miami. Will that change things? A lot of questions. Plenty of them, actually. I look at the NBA is becoming too much of a brotherhood in the sense that, okay, these people have to be friends. They got to play together. There needs to be more Kobe's. I know people are looking at me like I'm crazy, but there needs to be a little bit more Kobe attitude of... This is my team. I want your best. You go against my, you know, my best. I don't want to always befriend you. We can be friends after the game, after the game, but not during the game. Not we need to play together. We need to do this. None of that. But you got guys thirsty for a ring. The Chris Pauls, the uh, the Carmelos, you know, that are now starting to get older and they're starting to think like their their windows closing. Why not do a super team? They only work in all-star games. You might get you to the finals, but that doesn't guarantee you're going to win it. There's just so many questions in the NBA right now. Speaking of questions and leagues, the WNBA, which I'm definitely going to be talking with Sue Favor in about another 10, 11 minutes or so, from Slam Magazine. She has her mock draft for the WNBA draft, and we're gonna just break down a little bit about what's going on in terms of the changing of the basket, the, the height of the basket from 10 to eight feet. It, it's things like that. It's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a lot. They, you know, I've heard different points of view on it and uh, I really want to get to the bottom of it because I thought about it for a second. I said, you know what? Would I like to see more dunks in the game for the WNBA? Would I like to see that? I, I feel like the WNBA does a great job in terms of fundamentals and 
and how the basket how games should be played. I understand it may not be exciting for some people, but there's a lot of talent in the in, in the WNBA. I'm a Liberty fan. And I'm had no shame in saying it. I'm a very big New York Liberty fan. I remember watching them with Teresa Weatherspoon, Sophia Weatherspoon, um, Sue Wicks. You know, it's it's a good it's a good uh, league, and I feel like it deserves a lot more support, especially with all the great players from college basketball, most of them from Connecticut, who are once again in the national title game tomorrow, and they'll be playing the surprising Syracuse Orange. Syracuse had both of their teams in the Final Four this year. And that game takes place tomorrow. Actually, I'm sorry, tonight. Tonight. Look at me, I'm getting ahead of myself. Takes place tonight. Syracuse and Connecticut. National title game. Bankers Life Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. It's going to be on ESPN. And it should be a fun game to watch. So definitely looking forward to it. And definitely looking forward to my conversation with Sue and just getting an idea of what is to come for the WNBA because, you know, we had the new team, the Dallas Wing. It's a lot of questions. A lot of questions. And once again, if you have any, 516-900-2278. That is the phone number. Going to get some more music got a request on this one and why not it's a good song from michael jackson's bad album this is dirty diana you listen to sports social ed easton we'll be right back
Michael Jackson, Dirty Diana, throwback once again. This is Sports Social at Easton, 516-900-2278. I think it's a good time to give you a nice little update on what's going on in baseball. Because once again, we have opening day games going on. Yankees are up 2-0. Bottom of the third against Houston. We got the Red Sox up 2-0 as well, top of the third. So it's, uh, like I said, just two games so far. Apparently, Beltran was uh, one of the runners that scored in regards to the, uh, the Yankees' runs. And Sterling Castro with the big knock. So uh, two nothing right now, Yankees. That's going to be that's in the bottom of the third. Now, once again, I'm going to have uh, Sue Favor calling in within the next couple of minutes or so, and we're going to talk about the WNBA. And I uh, just want to remind you, I'll take this time to remind you, check out Sports Social on iTunes. Subscribe. If you can't catch it live all the time, just subscribe and catch the replays, updated all the time. So for the first 11 episodes are up there. So uh, just subscribe, tell your friends. Also available on Stitcher Radio and a couple of other um, radio networks and podcast networks. So definitely check that out. Baseball, you know, it's funny. It's probably baseball season just crept up on everybody this year. Like I didn't, it didn't feel. I guess maybe because of the two game, the two days, and it's like opening day and everything, and the weather is not so nice. Still a little chilly out there for some people in the 30s here in the New York City area. 
But still, we are playing ball. And what more can you ask for? Go to a baseball game, enjoy your time there. Relax, especially for the summer. Those hot days of the summer, you just want to go out somewhere and just, just enjoy it. Enjoy a nice game of baseball. I'm actually checking out. They got this new app for like for for Major League Baseball. I don't know if you anybody's been checking out MLB TV and uh, of all T-Mobile people, they actually get for free if you uh, switch over to T-Mobile before April 10th. I, I just get a free promo for T-Mobile. I know uh, some people would like that, but uh, that's very interesting. I saw that pop up. I said, wow, the heck of a deal. So uh, definitely check that out for those people. But uh, once again, I was mentioning the national title game for for the women's women's basketball, college basketball. Syracuse, Connecticut, obviously a tough act to follow after what happened in the men's game when it was a crazy finish. But I do think Connecticut will pull it off. They every year, Connecticut is either undefeated or the number one seed and winning the title. It's there is no fall off with this team. Uh, Gino Ariyama does such a great job. I. I don't know man it's it's one of those teams that just always seem to get the job done okay and i think we have sue on the line sue favor are you there hey yes i am there how are you doing good uh thanks good. for taking some time to uh speak with us regarding the uh, wnba no problem nice thanks for having me no problem um I was just actually, I was in the middle of talking about uh, tonight's championship game, and I know you follow all um, women's college basketball as well. Uh, what are your yep. thoughts, Syracuse versus um, Connecticut? Well, you know, it's a fun matchup. Um, I think the question is, you know, can Syracuse give them a game every time uh, this season? Some, you know, we've all thought that, oh, they'll give UConn a game, then UConn comes out and smashes them. So, um it's just kind of a big question mark right now. They sure seem like they could. If you had seen the um, semifinal game the other night, they were just swarming um, Washington, and they just dominated them the whole game. So they sure look powerful. They have a, a whole shipload of self-confidence. And so I don't know if anybody could give them a game. Uh, it seems like Syracuse could. I think we're all just hoping for a really uh, close, fun game tonight. Yeah, you know, always going against Connecticut, that seems to be a, a tough thing to do because every, I think their average uh, winning margin is close to like 30 points a game at this point. Yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. And when you got that many All-Americans on your team, you kind of, that's 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 what you're going to get. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a very tough matchup. I mean, it, um, obviously they had some really great opponents on their way up the, the NCAA ladder here, um, and they just stuffed them, <laughs> each yeah. and every one. So they're a pretty powerful team. It's uh, it's interesting. Like, what do you feel like the the recruiting is for the program? It seems like they get every top high school player. They make sure right away they're going to Connecticut. They don't care if they have to wait behind someone else. They're just going to Connecticut automatically. What do you think is the lure? Is it is it all Gino? Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I just had written something about that last week because one of my biggest pet peeves is when uh, people complain about UConn's dominance and then the first thing out of uh, the fans' mouths is, well, don't complain, just catch up. Well, my point was, 
you know, Gino's been there for 30 years. His his program isn't just cemented, it's granited in. And we have, you know, kids like Monet Davis, Little League star, announcing in middle school that they're going to go to UConn. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't need to recruit. He doesn't need to, you know, wade through a bunch of bad players and reteach them all the bad stuff they learned in high school. He's already got them coming in at a high level. So it's not really that fair to say just catch up when Gino's starting with the cream of the cream of the crop, whereas most coaches are not. Right, right. And I'm, I was looking at your mock draft that you wrote for Slam Online, and you already have Brianna Stewart going number one from Connecticut and uh, Mariah Jefferson, both from Connecticut, going in the top two picks. It, it just It's interesting. It's like, all right, the WNBA, in my opinion, is 50 to maybe 75% Connecticut players. <laughs> You know, I haven't added it up like that. I'm sure I have a stats friend out there who will do that for me, but uh, it's definitely a lot. Over the years, you know, they've gotten more powerful. Uh, Some have used the word dynasty. Um, They're definitely seeing more more of their players in the league and less of some of the other colleges, for sure. Okay, and uh, let's actually look at uh, Brianna Stewart, who you automatically have as a consensus number one what do you feel like uh, she's going to bring to, you know, bring going, going as the number one pick to the WNBA? And um, just is it going to be any type of fall off from what she's done already in college? I see her as being a player that's going to easily transition like you're uh, implying. Yeah, some players do have a tough transition. Um, her teammate, Kalina Mosqueda-Lewis, is, who is, uh, went to the Seattle Storm last year as the number two pick where Brianna Stewart is going to go this year, is one of those examples. She had a tough time adjusting. Um, Stewart's game is just really powerful. I think she'll probably flow real easily from one level to another like Maya Moore did. Um, what she'll bring to Seattle is – uh, some height, which they really need right now because Lauren Jackson just announced her retirement last week. So they need those big bodies now. Um, they need somebody who can contribute right away. And um, the Seattle Storm coach was just openly, like, admiring Stewart last week on Twitter after she did those three blocks in a row. So I think Seattle has already got her an apartment and a furnished apartment <laughs> um, already <laughs> for her arrival in a few weeks. So... Definitely understand that. Uh, and I wasn't sure with, with Seattle. Like, I heard about Lauren Jackson retiring. Uh, did Sue Bird uh, officially retire? I wasn't sure. No, she was touring with the idea, I think, last year. But she has announced uh, She has announced that there is no announcement. So she's still there and uh, still going strong. Mm, okay. Because uh, another Connecticut Husky. Just want to throw it out there also. Uh, the thing that I'm, I'm looking forward to, because I'm actually a New York Liberty fan. Cool. And, you know, losing uh, Essence Carson to the, the Sparks, that's something that I'm a little worried about. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Liberty? Do you feel like they're going to be another contender? Because they were a bit of a surprise last year. They were. You know, I like the Liberty. They were really fun to watch last year. I saw assistant coach Katie Smith at a WNBA Combine Sunday. So I know they're on the lookout for good talent. Um, I still think they'll be a great contributors. They were really fired up, had a lot of chemistry last year. Um, they're returning players like Brittany Boyd, who's gonna uh, who's gonna not be a rookie anymore and have that experience. And um, geez, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be contenders again. I think it's gonna be a really fun year for the East Conference. Um, probably, you know, their rival Indiana is gonna be pretty strong too, especially mm-hmm. since everybody's gonna be playing for Tamika Catching. So. Um, I think it should be a fun year. I don't see any reason to believe that, you know, the Liberty wouldn't be just as fun to watch this year as they were last year. 
Yeah, I'm definitely a fan of uh, Bill Lambert. He's not afraid to pull the trigger. I mean, the trades he made during the draft last year in order to get Kia Stokes and uh, it just really shaped this team from where they were before. It's uh, it's really exciting times for um, Liberty fans here. Now, I, I don't know. And I, I just want to get your opinion in regards to this this rumor about changing the height of the basket. Like, oh yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I've heard mixed reviews amongst some players uh, in the league. Wow, you know, I saw that come up last week along with another um, controversial issue, and I was just like, man, let me just stay off Twitter for a little bit because <laughs> I don't even want to go there. This uh, argument comes up every once in a while. I'm not sure why. Um, and you'll have the, the faction that's like, oh, we should lower the rims, and no, we shouldn't. Um, basically, it comes down to this, is um, you have your people who think that that would enhance the game, and then you have your old school. It's usually always the old school people, no offense to Lynn Dunn out there, um, who are like, no, then we might as well just send women back to the 18th century and da-da-da-da. Right. It's just kind of a call, um, a personal call. Ed. I don't know you know, why it would be any different. I'm kind of more on the pro-lowering-the-rims thing mm. um, because we lower the hurdles in track because it's a height thing. Right. But some, t- some people feel like that would ruin the purity of the game because the, the nets were – you know, put it at a certain height for a reason. And so, I don't know, as usual, I can kind of see both sides on it. I tend to lean more towards the lower the rims thing because it's like, say, the hurdle thing. Um, seems like a height issue to me. Yeah, that, that's, the, that's the same thing I was thinking. And, and you know, I know they want to increase uh, a little more excitement, like see some more dunks and uh, things of that nature. And I, for the people that are against I know Diana Taurasi was, is definitely against it. She feels like yeah. you might as well just be wearing skirts out there. Right. I think that was one of her uh, comments. And mm-hmm. I, I understand that, but in, at the same time, don't they use a, a smaller basketball in the WNBA? They do, and see, that's that's a great analogy too, there, um, Ed, because they do they they do everything down because women's hands are smaller, they don't get up as higher, um, so why not the rims? And so that's why I tend to lean more towards it. Um, but maybe there, it's kind of a circuit, it's like a damned if you do and damned if you don't. Maybe they feel mm-hmm. like if you lower the rims, maybe people would devalue the game less. But then they'll turn right around and say, well, women's basketball doesn't have enough dunks, which is, that's a whole other topic. That's like that's like a relatively new thing where people just expect dunks all the time. It didn't used to always be that way in men's basketball. But anyway, yeah, I don't know. It just seems like women are always kind of screwed if they do and screwed if they don't, so... That's why I just decided to stay out of that whole mm. discussion. <laughs> I, no, I, I don't think I it's ever going to happen anytime soon because, you know, it, it takes when something's really going to happen, it takes this mm-hmm. group to vote on it and this group to vote on it, and, th- and this is never, it's not going to happen. Yeah, and, that, and that's because I, I bring it up because we, we hear a lot, and like I said, I'm on Twitter a lot, and I hear all the different like comments and stuff, especially like, during the season. Um, yeah. One of the, the biggest worries that I always hear, because I think the WNBA is a great league, um, a lot of people worry about if people are not going to show up. Is there not going to be enough support in regards to just you know not there's not the excitement to bring people there like the, the NBA sure. and bringing the you know bringing the baskets down. It it did sound like something that could help it because you don't. I, I just don't want to be another situation like the Houston Comets and there's no longer a team and that was the franchise that won what the first four titles. So it's it's things like that you think about. You don't want it to hurt the league if they don't do something now. No, that's a great point. And, um, again, funny you brought this up because I've been pondering these types of things lately, too. I'm going to write something because um, the game our game, the game, the has changed. Our expectations of the game is, have changed, and so now everybody expects all these acrobatics and stuff during basketball um, where it didn't used to be that way. So I guess the theoretical question is, 
do you change the way you play <clears throat> because that's what's popular, or do you just play the game? Because we're really this is a nation that worships celebrity and worships popularity, and NBA players um, are like, more like celebrity movie stars than actual athletes anymore. Some of them don't even play defense until the playoffs. So for some people, including myself, the, the NBA is just kind of fake basketball. Yeah. So the question is, do you turn your brand into fake basketball too, just because that's what the public seems to want these days, or what? That's a it's a very good point, and I I totally I 100% agree with you. Uh, it, some of the fundamentals are completely lost in the NBA because of the excitement and just drawing crowds and and making money at mm-hmm. the bottom. That's pretty much the bottom line. The uh, money. Yeah. Always it, huh? it, it always seems to come down to money. <laughs> Um, the the last thing I want to bring up, you know, before I let you go, is the, the Dallas Wing. That's the that's the new team. The Tulsa Shock made the move over to Dallas. Yes. W- what are your thoughts on that? Do you feel like Dallas is gonna is gonna be a good uh, city for the WNBA? Well, that's a great question, um, Ed. You know, I, I don't know much. To be honest, I don't know much about the Dallas market, but it, uh, well, for whatever reason, those owners felt like they wanted to give it a try over there, and so if they want it, they must they must see that how you know that it might succeed there. I know um, aren't the Mavericks fairly popular with fans there, right? Uh, yeah, they're very popular, and I, okay. and that's why. Well, I'm maybe it is really it, yeah. a big basketball town like San Antonio, and maybe they were like, hey, it's got to be a better chance here. So I sure hope they succeed. If it's a fun franchise, you know, you've got Skylar Diggins and um, Odyssey Sims on the team. You know, among others, it's a fun team to watch, and they sure were fun last year. So, hey, if they can get that excitement going in Dallas, I think they have a good chance because they're really a fun team to watch. Yeah, definitely. And um, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to see how the season is going to progress and just, you know, like hopefully more people just really pay attention to some of the great things that are happening. And, um, Sue, are there any links or anything that you want to promote? Well, um, yeah, I I try to promote uh, promote my promote the game as much as possible, and I appreciate you you bringing some attention to this in your show. Thanks so much for doing this, and thanks for having me. If you wanna, um, I try to catch each and every piece of women's basketball news in the whole universe on um, womenshoopsworld.com, mm. and um, also always open to story ideas and thoughts. So anybody's free to email me, or you can tweet me at twitter.com/slash/hoopism. Always willing to hear about a story idea. Sue, thank you so much for your time, and uh, hopefully we can do it again uh, during the season. Hey, thanks so much. It's been a pleasure, and I uh, would love to do that. Definitely. Have a good one. All right, you too. Take care. Great. That was Sue Favor. She was, uh, she's definitely a writer for uh, Slam Online, and just does she does a great job just breaking down the the WNBA and just women's college basketball because I you know like I said I'm a fan so I, I definitely look forward to hearing about different things that are going on and it's it's really it's really important I, I feel like a lot of people don't pay attention to the sense that oh there is not acrobatic dunks there's not this happening it's not that happening a lot of stuff where I feel like are just you know uh, what's the word I want to say uh, flashing lights a lot of great players in this league and and we're just you know we just need to to really pay attention to that because I, I really felt it felt weird for a franchise like the Houston Commons to no longer exist and they won the first four titles in the WNBA that's ridiculous so it's it's going to see. Uh, the season starts soon. April 14th is the draft so uh, people tune in for that as well as the national title game tonight so some, there are some strides that should be made with terms of college, um, women's 
basketball. I'm not the biggest fan of of them changing too much about it just to appease people and you know it takes away from what they do in a college game which they do a good job it's a tough fight really tough fight once again taking your calls 516-900-2278 if you have any thoughts regarding all of this i mean it's one of those situations that i do want to see the league prosper and really grow even more and actually have more teams on the league because I see the amount of teams and I feel like they could be so much more. You got so many players that come out in college basketball every year that end up going overseas to make more money. It's uh it's really it's really an interesting interesting situation and we hope that there is some changes there are some updates Speaking of updates, still uh, is actually two to one now between the Yankees and Astros. The Astros able to tack on an extra run right there to uh, cut the Yankees lead in half. And once again, this is Tanaka versus versus Dallas right here, so it's a good matchup. Very good matchup. At Edison Jr. is the Twitter. You can definitely hit me up on that as well. And it's been a, it's been an interesting show. I mean, besides the fact that I had to you know eat crow and admit that my uh, my precious <laughs> North Carolina Tar Heels, like I said, I'm, I'm hurting right now. My precious team is uh is out. He took an L. I gotta do it, you know. It's rough. But hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. They didn't have it that night. Villanova definitely brought it. And what else can you say? Just, just a great time. I'm actually getting some comments on Twitter. And uh, some people, you know, they felt they felt some type of way about the WNBA topic. Not in a bad way, but more like, a, wow, there's somebody's actually talking about the WNBA. Like, that should be a rare thing. And I'm going to do it a lot more. I have no issue saying that. Like I said, I'm a WNBA fan. I think that more people should be discussing it. And I will continue to discuss it. That's it. That's really all it's going to be. But what I'm going to do actually is uh, take a break and come right back and wrap the show up. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton. We'll be right back. After all you put me through, you think I despise you, but in the end, I want to thank you, cause you made me that much stronger. Well, I
This is Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. Thank you to all the comments I'm getting right now in regards to the WNBA segment. No matter if it's positive or negative, I enjoy it. I appreciate it. Uh, yes, I did play Christina Aguilera. And yes, it was a request. Okay, so for the people asking, it was a request. Just did a WNBA segment and the person wanted to hear Christina Aguilera. That's, that's fine. That's what it's all about, okay? So once again, keep those messages going. That's at Ed Easton Jr. on Twitter. Also on Instagram. You can hit me up, 516-900-2278. And um, like I said, we're just winding down the show right now. Uh, I do want to actually do a, a quick, quick shameless plug. Because I think that's well deserved a, a shameless plug right now. Tomorrow, there will be no show. Because uh, I will actually be in SUNY College at Old Westbury at a very special media conference. It's a media panel just basically speaking to students showing them how to make it in the field and like i said i spoke about this a while ago on one of the shows it's not about just the whole entrepreneur you know mindset and landscape i just want people to understand what the business is about because you should be able to make money in both ways it doesn't have to just be okay you can only make it through doing your own blog you should be able to do your own blog do your own brand and still learn from within working for a big company because at the end of the day you're an adult you have to make money you have to build a living for not just yourself but whoever your significant other is for your family it's all important factors such as that so it's something like that that i really want to portray to people i really want to push that out there so it's it's really a good thing it's really a good thing and i, and I really want for people to take that from this event. It's going to be taking place at SUNY College or Westbury. It's called Media Talks. It's the second year in a row we're doing it. Um, we're going to see uh, it's a bunch of alumni from Old Westbury, so it's going to be very SUNY Old Westbury driven. But people are welcome to show up. Just got to check in at the office. It's free. Yes, I know it's rare. A panel that is free. Not charging anybody for this. Show up, you listen to people that work at, um, like myself, work in Major League Baseball and uh, 1010 Wins, and obviously doing the show here. And just explain to them what the what it actually means when I say, like, the hustle. It's not about, oh, man, I'm going to put up on IG. I do this, I do that, I do this, I do that. It's about what you do. I got to do this to make a living. It's my passion. It's my creative. This is what I love to do. But at the same time, I make a living off of what I do. And I just think it's important for people to understand Yes, the corporate environment does seem intimidating. It does seem scary. It does seem like, oh man, how can I make it to this level? It does, you know, it just doesn't work for me, whether you're from the hood or wherever you're from. It's just really instilling that confidence that anybody can do this. It's really just uncovering what type of work you have to put in. Don't fall into the hole. I feel like it's a hole when people fall into like, ah oh, man, I don't know if I'm good enough. There's so many people that are better than me. You got to be popular. It's nothing about being popular. It's about do you know your craft? Some people do get on based off popularity, but that's a very small number. More people get hired, get jobs, get opportunities from actually knowing their craft and being good at it, practicing your craft, working hard at it. A place like even here with Soundcast FM that gives the opportunity to people here in the community to just let their voices be known, show what they know how to do, and just really just grow. It's all about growth. I keep bringing up the corporate, you know, environment because you talk about the MTVs, the uh, 
uh, you know, even like Hot 97, stations such as that, you want to know how to be able to, you learn from some of the best because the best usually work in those environments. So even if it doesn't end there and it's not the end all be all of you working there and you want to take the entrepreneur route, you need to know how to do it and do it correctly. I just feel like that's what it's going to be all about. And whoever shows up, like I said, you can go to oldwestbury.edu for information on it if you're not sure. It's going to be a fun panel. It, it's, it was fun last year. It should be even more fun this year. Hopefully you can get a seat because they do fill up. And that's really what it's all about. It's not about egos. It's not about I'm this, I'm that. It's about having a career, building for the future building for the future a lot of people forget that everybody's about the now everything's gonna be right now growing is so important in this world so important and we hope to achieve that tomorrow so thank you to everybody that you know will show up and for those that don't but still understand the message it's appreciated and that's really what it's all about but I'm going to go back to the sports real quick. Kind of went on for a little tangent. I want to just promote this event because it is important. I do want to close by saying Major League Baseball starts this week. I know a lot of people are not going to jump into it till the summer. But one of the things I want people to look out for is the young players. Last year, so many young players came up, took over spots, and now they have the opportunity to play every day. I'm talking about the Michael Confortos of the world, the Chris Bryants of the world. These players are now the future of this league. You know, Bryce Harper is a phenom of his own. Mike Trout's a phenom already. You want to see the future of baseball because the future is now. And that seems to be a running trend. We, we fall in love with the guys that got us to the party, the, you know, the Kobe Bryants of the world, the, the, the Peyton Mannings. The future is now. Even the WWE, who you know I always talk about, they're making that transition to the future. Last night, the day after WrestleMania, they have uh, Monday Night Raw, and they debuted about five or six new superstars that were in NXT, which is the development program for WWE. It just lets you know, like, it's time for new blood everywhere. It's really great. I feel like it's really great that we're doing this, this this new transition into new talent, into new new opportunities for people in any league, in any form of fashion. And we gotta learn about it. Let's embrace it now. Let's not be all surprised like most people were. And I'm talking about the majority, not us heavy basketball fans, about the Steph Curry's that do come up. Everything is kind of full circle. I talked about college basketball, how watch college basketball. You're going to see some of these players that are going to be playing in the NBA Finals in two or three years, or maybe even next year. It's really great stuff. Embrace the WNBA. I'll say that a million times. For that, if that league doesn't succeed, then I don't personally don't want to hear any type of complaints about women not getting any women empowerment because that that league alone is about women empowerment 
They're not trying to force any sexualities on you or anything like that. It's a real league. And I feel like they handle themselves with so much professionalism that it has to be appreciated if we really say, oh, we're about female empowerment and we're about uplifting. That's where you uplift. I'm going to get down off my soapbox for a little bit. Because I can't stay on that all day. But today is just not one of those days. But it will be more. Because like I said, I am going to talk and I'm going to be that show that will talk more WNBA. That will talk more college. And yes, high school sports as well. You're going to see a lot more of that. Because it's the future. It's important. And I think it, it needs that, that right venue. And Sports Social will be that venue. Once again, you can catch the show on iTunes. Sports, just search Sports Social with Ed Easton. Or if you're not on iTunes, you do Stitcher, you do a million of those other podcasts. We're on most of them, not all of them, but it's on most of them. Check that out. And as always on soundcastfm.com, which is a website I need to promote a lot more because we're on that as well. Soundcast FM is right on the front page. Definitely check that out. And man, I mean, I just, you know, I really went off on a tangent, but it's, it's really a good show in regards to how much the future is important to not just sports, but to what we do as people. It's not always about us. You gotta be able to pass it on to that next generation and see what they can do with it. Because if not, we're gonna be really in trouble in another 10 to 15 years. That's just the reality of what we deal with. And uh, I think that's it. Gonna call it a night. Call it a day. Once again, no show tomorrow. So for anybody hoping for another show, it won't be tomorrow. We'll be back on Thursday. I want to give another special a special thank you to uh, Sue Favor for calling in and uh, giving us her giving us her thoughts on the uh, WNBA and the possible rule change with changing the rims. And we'll see what happens. But uh, I'm going to get out of here. Been a great show. Keep listening to Soundcast FM for some more great programming. And I'm gonna get out of here. You listen to Sports Social with Ed Easton. We'll be back on Thursday. Thursday, once again. <laughs>